Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I got one for you here today. A number of different subjects to bring up and some audio right off the top. I'm going to hit you with this audio first and then the follow-up YouTube story from the local affiliate channel ABC7 out of California there. And uh, this, is, this is interesting. This is one of those things, again, where you know that a Jewish banker has to be behind this assassination hit. Not an accident, I'm certain. And this happened again, either just before the Super Bowl or on the Super Bowl, where again, a Nigerian banker CEO died along with the members of his family. First of all, give this TikTok individual a listen first, and then I will play the ABC Channel 7 YouTube link after that. So give this a listen in three, two, one. I find it very weird that no one is talking about how there were six Nigerian billionaires who died in a plane crash mysteriously while on their way to the Super Bowl and how Biden just posted this cryptic ass message right after they died. The CEO of one of the largest banks in the country was on a helicopter with pilots, family, and the CEO slash chairman of the Nigeria Stock Exchange when their helicopter mysteriously caught fire and crashed while on their way to the Super Bowl. And what are the odds that Biden on his presidential ex account drops this photo with glowing red eyes and this weird caption that shocks all of America? And the caption for this picture that he actually posted on the presidential Twitter account was just like we drew it up. And everyone thought that they were talking about the Super Bowl when they weren't. I honestly believe that this is what they were talking about. And if you are unfamiliar with the Nigerian Stock Exchange and what they have going on right now with America and just the overall fight for power, money, and greed, you need to pay attention to what is going on. One of the people on that aircraft was a chief executive of Access Bank and his wife and his son were among those six people that were on board and it went down shortly after 10 p.m. on Interstate 15 and all six people were killed including two pilots and the former chairman of NGX Group, the Nigerian Stock Exchange. And what's so crazy, it is saying that authorities are, vet are investigating it, which means to me they may suspect foul play. They are trying to say that this could take up to two years. This entire investigation could take up to two years, and they are calling it a terrible tragedy. The Super Bowl was a giant ritual, and those people in the helicopter, think about it. If you take out the owner and CEO of a large bank, one of the largest banks in the country, you take off his wife and you take out his son. Who is left to get the money? Kind of sounds like the Titanic all over again to some extent, doesn't it? If you recall, I believe it was Janet Yellen and a group of other uh, central bankers, Jews, who ended up being kicked out of at least Nigeria, if not other countries in Africa, because again, they were looking to do business with these individuals. And these individuals who live in Africa and run the banks over there fully understood that they didn't want to do business with these bankers. They don't want to do business with Jewish bankers, so they kicked them out. They said, get out of here. We're done. We don't want to talk to you. We've heard what you have to say. Beat it. And then this happens. Not an accident. Here's the news story again from ABC News 7. 
off of YouTube. Give this a listen in three, two, one. When a deadly helicopter crash in San Bernardino County claims the lives of six people. Good evening. I'm Jory Rand. Michelle Fisher's off tonight. We're learning new information about those who are on board tonight. Eyewitness News reporter Leanne Suter joins us live from Burbank with the latest on the investigation. Leanne? Jory, that helicopter was operated by Orbic Air based here at the Burbank Airport. A pilot as well as a safety pilot were on board along with four passengers, one of them the head of a major Nigerian bank. The deadly crash happened in the middle of the Mojave Desert just after 10 p.m. Friday night. Six people on board, two pilots, four passengers, no survivors. As far as we know, uh, from what was reported from witnesses, that there was fire uh, when the aircraft did contact, contact the terrain. On board, Herbert Wigwe, CEO of Access Bank, one of the largest banks in Nigeria. Spokesman for Nigeria's president posting on X, Wigwe's death is, quote, a terrible blow for Nigeria and Africa's banking industry. Wigwe's wife, Chizoba, and his son were also on board, as well as Bamafin Amabola Ogunbanjo, former chair of the Nigerian Stock Exchange. Crash happened east of the 15 freeway near Halloran Springs Road outside Baker. NTSB investigators say they are looking into reports of downed power lines near the accident site and say they are also investigating if weather may have been a factor. It was reported by witnesses that there was rain with some wintry mix. We currently have uh, a meteorologist working on our team and we are working to analyze and get the exact weather conditions. The Airbus EC-130 is operated by Orbic Air out of Burbank Airport. Investigators say the helicopter taken off from Palm Springs headed to Boulder City, Nevada, outside of Las Vegas. According to victims' friends, the group was headed to the Super Bowl. Wigwig recently posting on social media, part, quote, remember, life is a precious gift. Let us number our days. Authorities investigate the cause of the fatal crash. They are asking for help from witnesses. We were aware that there were uh, several 911 calls last night to report the crash from Interstate 15. And we'd like to ask any of those people that had witnessed that if they would reach out to us with any further information they may have. The NTSB and FAA both expected back out at the crash site tomorrow as they continue their investigation, which they say will be very lengthy and thorough. A final report on the crash likely isn't expected for up to a year. Hello, I'm Mark. Now, just very quickly, there's two Q posts here that I wanted to bring up because, again, there's only a handful that include the word crashes. There were two that came out relatively quickly. The first one was post number 259 from December 5th of 2017, and it simply says this, quote, Red Red 911, funds raised versus distributed, oversight, question mark, seven out of ten plane crashes are targeted kills. Those in the know never sleep, Q. And then ironically enough, again, the date matters, on February 11th of 2018, which is Q post 720, it says the following, quote, do people believe all recent resignations, plane crashes, planes regarding routes, EMS slash EBS activations, blackouts, etc., are simply a coincidence? Did sessions at the beginning emphasize investigations proceedings are kept confidential? Think magic. What you see. Do you really believe nothing is being done? Uh, regarding read past crumbs. 
It says, who has the power? Why has this emphasized? Why was this emphasized in the beginning? And you have more than you know, Q. First of all, I remember when that first post came out, uh, post number 259, when it had to do with, again, 7 out of 10 plane crashes are, are targeted kills. That immediately opened up a lot of people's eyes because it wasn't long after that when Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s plane went down with his wife in it also, right after takeoff. And again, it's an interesting, it's an inter- interesting event. And, and the same is true, again, regarding Kobe Bryant. Same kind of thing with his helicopter crash. Again, if the weather is bad and the pilot doesn't know what they're doing or they do know what they're doing, they should know better than to fly in, fly in bad weather without a doubt. But at the exact same time, it's almost as if people don't understand that when they're in these positions of power, that their lives are always being gone after by very horrible people for a variety of reasons. It could be something as simple as a distraction, but it could also be for, again, a money grab and taking over a country. As we all know, if you, own a, if you own a country's bank and you own their money system, then you own the country and everybody in it and everything in it, including the ground that exists there. So I don't think it's an accident. I think it's beyond evident that it's not an accident. And again, if memory serves, Nigeria was one of the many countries in Africa that was kicking out Jewish bankers when they were coming over very recently, just within the last few years, in an attempt to, again, make deals. This is, uh, this is beyond suspicious, but again, I, I think it's rather obvious. And the other thing I think that's worth bringing up is that it doesn't necessarily mean that the individual who runs the bank now, given the fact that his family has been completely killed in this helicopter crash, it's not that it needs to be Jewish bankers, so to speak, that are at the forefront. One of the things that dates back right to the very beginning, of course, of our country and certainly right before the Industrial Revolution in the late 1800s, which I've brought up on the show before, specifically from that book, The Great Red Dragon. They ultimately state, as far as the Jewish moneylenders are concerned, they ultimately state that they need a figurehead. That's all they need. All they need is a figurehead, and all they need is a person to run point for a particular bank or for a particular country in order for the Jewish moneylenders to basically gain control of the entire area. So it's not, again, that the person running the bank has to be Jewish in Nigeria. They clearly don't. All they have to do is hire somebody who is Nigerian, point over at this helicopter crash and say, see that? And they go, yeah. They go, well, that's going to be you if you don't play ball. And then before you know it, they play ball. And they line their pockets and they get paid a great deal of money. And now they become the CEO of this bank. And now they are doing business with the money lenders that exist everywhere. This is, again, part of the scheme. They need a figurehead. Again, John Rockefeller, very famously, endless people get this wrong. And I did too until I, until I listened to the audiobook of the great, uh, the great Red Dragon, is that In that book, the author very specifically details how John Rockefeller was basically dirt poor before the Jewish moneylenders came over from London to recruit him because they said, look, we know that you're poor. We know that you're a failed businessman. No problem. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a ton of money. And what you're going to do is is you're going to buy up a whole lot of land. And I mean a lot of it. And you're going to start drilling for oil. And we're going to keep giving you money. 
but you're going to give us that money back. We're going to keep you in wealth and we'll keep you in land and you'll keep acquiring both of those things as much as humanly possible, but you'll keep kicking it back to us, keeping in mind we're the ones loaning you the money. Which meant, again, Rockefeller was the figurehead. He was just, he was just, the, he was just running point for the moneylenders. It wasn't that he was wealthy on his own. He wasn't. That, uh, gaining that kind of wealth on your own is impossible unless it's handed down throughout the course of families and certainly from generation to generation, which, of course, was the case with the Rockefellers ultimately. But again, at their inception, who owns them? Well, it's the people lending the money. It's always the people lending the money are the people who own the individual and then everything that the individual represents, which, again, is why, very frighteningly, I should say, in that same book, they openly state that the ground that we walk on is owned by the moneylenders. That we actually own nothing. And it goes way past, of course, just paying property taxes. I mean, every piece of ground in America that we walk on is not owned by us. It's the illusion of the ground that we walk on being owned by us. So they have plans for the continent of Africa. There's no doubt about it. And these central bankers, again, I think that, I, at least I hope, that they're starting to lose a foothold in our country to some extent because, again, they're being exposed on a day-in and day-out basis. The question becomes, what are they planning on doing in Africa? And we have, again, a pretty good idea. I mean, they've been trying to kill Africans with poisonous shots since the beginning of time, certainly since Bill Gates has been around. And then again, once they control the land and once they control the banks, they control everybody who lives within that particular border. And then it's game over. So they're not there for the preservation of life and from a visual standpoint, we can clearly tell that they're not there when it comes to advancing their culture in any way. That's not it either. So what is it? It's genocide and land control. Because there's got to be a whole lot more underneath that ground that's worth a great deal of money that the moneylenders, of course, clearly want. Whether it be, again, rare earth minerals or oil or a thousand other things. So that particular story crossed my path, and I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Again, always pay attention to the helicopter crashes. Always pay attention to the airplane crashes. Pay attention to who's on board, what positions those people have, the kind of money that they have, where are they, where did the actual plane or helicopter go down. Again, very rarely is it an actual accident. It's usually a giant intentional. Okay, moving on here. I want to revisit a subject that I've brought up in the past, but also tie it into something, of course, that's happening right now, which is absolutely hilarious, and I'm shocked that people are actually buying into this to some extent. Uh, first of all, the whole business of virtual reality headsets, and you know where I'm taking this. I'm, I'm going to bring this right up to the old Apple headset, which is making the rounds these days, of course, numerous commercials showing individuals wearing these stupid Apple headsets, and then, of course, even more funny, numerous videos of actual human beings out in public wearing these Apple headsets. It's arguably one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, so let me go back to this. Again, just kind of nostalgia and a little bit of storytelling here. I remember back in the day when we would go to video arcades. And again, you know, we're pumping quarters in and we're pumping tokens in and we're having a grand old time. It was fantastic. The good old days. 
either way, it was around the 90s when the whole virtual headset thing first showed up. And I remember when it showed up, and I remember it not necessarily being anything that anybody really cared about. In fact, no one really cared about it at all. It was one of those things that you knew was going to consistently sort of crash up against the shore in waves because, again, people weren't really buying into it when it first showed up and it was expensive and even to play with it was expensive because every now and again you would come across an arcade either in a shopping mall or somewhere else where they would have a virtual headset basically set up and you would put it on and you would stand on this particular stand and you'd grab onto either, you know, some kind of an object in front of you, but you could basically look around and see this made-up virtual world that existed in front of you. Again, it, it wasn't very enticing. There, there was nothing interesting about it. Endless people would rather just go and play Pac-Man or go and play Mortal Kombat or something, as opposed to actually putting on one of these stupid headsets and standing there where, of course, you're remarkably vulnerable because anybody can just pick your pocket at any second. Either way, as time passed, and as those virtual headsets didn't make any headway, then you started to see in the, I'd say, early 2000s to mid-2000s there around, you know, uh, I would say 2010, the, the whole VR headset thing started to make a comeback with that Oculus thing, which again, you could basically take your cell phone and slide it right into, uh, you know, this, this headset that you wore. But you're basically looking at your cell phone, you know, an inch or two from your eyeballs. Again, it too was remarkably ridiculous. And then they started to try to sell particular video games that you could play, you know, where, again, you're, you're wearing the headset and the whole thing. And then, of course, you ended up with the PlayStation 4. And the PlayStation 4 ended up having one of these headset things also. Again, I, I never owned one of these things. I don't play video games anymore. You know, none of that exists in my life and never has. But the whole headset thing, again, you can just see it making wave after wave after wave. It'll go away, and then it'll come back and crash and make another wave, and some people buy into it and some people don't, and then it backs off again. And I've told this story too, but my brother actually got my nephew, his son, one of those VR headsets for the PlayStation 4 a long time ago, many years ago, uh, you know, whenever it first came out. And again, it hits the it hits the marketplace, and then people think it's the latest craze. And you know, I've never had one of those. That'll be interesting. And then they, you know, there, there's a certain handful of games that get sold with it. And then you end up just looking like a weirdo in the middle of your living room, basically swatting at the air. Now, I'll fully admit, I played this once or twice uh, on their actual, on you know, on this headset thing. I mean, because it was remarkably strange. Uh, I, I, if memory serves, one of them was like a Star Wars game, where again you're you're whipping around a lightsaber and you're you're doing whatever you're doing. It was it was beyond odd and uh, and uh, you know certainly off putting to some extent. I remember two other games that my nephew had. One of them was absolutely stupid, and I've uh, I've brought this up I think before a long time ago, but it was quite literally a workplace related video game where you're pu you put on the headset, and then you're in a cubicle. And then there are office-related things that you have to do inside of this cubicle. I mean, not really, but, you know, it's, uh, it's just designed to program people into sitting in a cubicle for a living, and that this is, you know, the height of your existence, and this is all you're supposed to be doing. 
So you could staple papers, you could you could type on a computer, you could throw things at the person that was, you know, over the little partition on the other side of your cubicle. You could make coffee, you could print things. I mean, it was dumb. It was it was really stupid. And then there was this golf game also, which again from an aesthetic standpoint looked kind of neat because you're walking around this vir- virtual world playing golf, but at the exact same time the game was next to impossible to play. And when it comes to golf video games, I mean, I'm rather old school. I've always thought that Golden Tee is basically the best golf game that exists. So, you know, the the headset stuff is just remarkably useless. Now, with that aside, there's certainly a a number of different angles with this and and the reemergence again of this within an Apple platform. There are a number of different directions that I can take this and, and, and certainly a number of off-ramps, but it'll always end up leading back to the exact same highway metaphorically. So l- let me revisit a particular subject just kind of very quickly. You may recall that I, I did tell this story a long time ago, but the last conference, well, it wasn't the last one, but it was one of the last ones that I attended, where I was giving a presentation in Toronto, Canada. And this again, I came back from this conference and I flat out said out loud, we are at war that the education war is is going on it's filled with brainwashed people these people have no idea what's coming they have no idea that the end of their profession is at hand they're all saying the same thing they're all in the matrix there's no saving it that conference was beyond disturbing for a variety of reasons um with that said i remember a particular presentation during that conference that i was attending and I was a bit vocal in that conference uh, or in that particular session when I wouldn't normally be. And I wasn't even criticizing one of the presenters. I was, I was listening to them, but then not, not talking about the thing that they wanted to talk about, which was this. They were act- this was a graduate student out of the University of Florida. And what they were doing was is they were getting a master's degree in counseling. and. Their entire master's thesis had to do with the use of virtual reality as a way to overcome your fear of heights. And I, again, I thought to myself, of all of the things to be interested in, in the world, and there are many that people can be interested in, I'm sure, but of all of the things to pick, Regarding your master's thesis in a in a in a you know a, a very particular line of inquiry that you want to write about at length, she she chose this, and more specifically, it had to do with individuals receiving counseling for their fear of heights and then putting on the virtual reality headset and then scaling a skyscraper on the inside of a virtual skyscraper. So again, you're in a video game, and you're looking around at the ground level as you're outside of the skyscraper, and then you look up and you can see how high it is, and then again, the actual person starts to feel all of the feelings that are associated with having a phobia of heights. And then they would start to walk up the staircases, and every single staircase and every single floor that they would reach, they would look out of the window of this, again, fictitious skyscraper and they'd look around and then again hopefully it would help them overcome their heights because at any time they could simply turn around 
and look at the walls and not look out of the window to actually, again, gauge as to how high they are within the actual building. They started, of course, say that inside of the staircase, there were, of course, ascending numbers. So you could see that they were actually getting higher and higher up the actual skyscraper. But then eventually they would have to get to the point where mentally and emotionally they could reach the top of the building. And then they could overlook the top of the building like someone who was standing on the top of the Empire State Building. And then before you know it, because they've made all of this progress, that somehow they're going to get over their, you know, their actual fear of heights. And that using this virtual reality is somehow a good thing as a result of all of that. Now again, to be objective with that said, I fully understand that someone listening to that explanation would say, well, Sean, as a psychotherapist, this would actually be a very effective way of doing it because it would be far more safer than doing this in public in a real skyscraper because, of course, then the individual would have a panic attack and other people would see them and such a thing could be done in private with a virtual headset and blah, blah, blah. I'm not a psychotherapist and, frankly, I don't care. I fully understand, again, that it might have its place for such a thing, maybe. I emphasize the word maybe. Maybe. The point is, is that trying to make virtual reality headsets ubiquitous across the board for all walks of life is not an accident. This, as we know, is the transhumanist agenda. This is one of the chapters in that book. Again, it's no different than the whole Metaverse Facebook thing. Jump into the Metaverse and be molested by a bunch of strangers who are dressed up like cartoon figures. I mean, it's remarkably strange. But again, the application of this piece of technology, which isn't new, as I said before, and has been around for quite some time, it's always been toyed with on purpose to make it ubiquitous regarding what people tend to use the most. Now, these individuals who, of course, created this for Apple, they fully understand that the vast majority of Apple users, which is unfortunate because I'm not one of these people, and I have Apple products, and frankly, I've had Apple products since 1985. I mean, the very first home computer we had, my dad brought home from the university, and it was a Macintosh SE. It took two hard disks to get the thing started up. It was fantastic. And there was one video game on it. It was called Brickles. Great video game. <laughs> Again, you had the mouse in your hand, you moved a little pad back and forth, and a little ball hit these bricks and eliminated all the bricks. And then, you know, that was the end of the game. And then on to the next round. I mean, it was super fun. But the point is, is that they know that the individuals that use Apple products today tend to use them for entertainment purposes. Again, I, I typically don't. I use my Apple, my Apple products for. Again, reading, writing, word processing, and again, that's essentially it. And, of course, audio recording, like what I'm doing now. But unfortunately, it's causing individuals, again, to receive a dopamine hit, the likes of which their brain has never received before, ever. So not only, of course, can they see through this actual virtual headset thing, but you can pull up multiple windows and basically watch as many things at one time as you want. Of course, I'm sure you can watch movies and television shows and other internet shows and whatever else. I mean, you can basically turn your entire brain into a giant bowl of mashed potatoes in the blink of an eye. Not to mention, and this matters, it's a wireless device that's attached to your entire face and your entire head. 
Electromagnetic radiation gives people cancer. Electromagnetic radiation gives people tumors. From not just cell phone use, but iPad use, depending on how close to a particular body said device actually is. And now you have this particular device, which is wrapped around your entire face. We know what the answer is going to be with this. We know what the health ramifications are going to be for this. But unfortunately, there are some in society who are so stupid and so interested in that dopamine hit and having the latest greatest thing, which by the way, the Apple device is at least $4,000. I mean, what a waste of four grand. Because apparently the iPad and a computer and a cell phone aren't enough. You have to have all of it right in front of your face all of the time as you're walking around looking like a loser. That's the other aspect, too, is the visual standpoint of this from an outside party. You have people, again, mocking these individuals with their own wireless devices and then putting these videos on the internet, making fun of them. And the people being made fun of for using these devices just do not care. They don't understand that they are the butt of a very long-running joke that's really existed since the beginning of these headsets. Because again, the vast majority of people who purchased any kind of a headset in the past probably don't use it anymore. Which means when something like this comes around again, or a device like this shows up again, they're not likely to use it. But again, from a marketing standpoint and from a product standpoint, Apple again is examining what people use their other devices for and then trying to throw all of that onto, again, one particular device. Again, in my humble opinion, in summary, before I get into this study that has to do with this actual thing and this phenomenon, is that this too is just going to be another wave that crashes on the, sh on the shore. And the useless eaters are going to buy it. And then it'll back away again because it won't have the popularity that they wanted. That's essentially it. Because already, endless individuals are getting mocked and made fun of for even possessing one of these things. Now, before I get into the study, though, I do want to mention this. I want to go back to the education piece very quickly. What is sad, as you know, and as you've probably heard me say on the show here numerous times, is that in the education business, the education business is one of the last businesses to receive these kinds of gimmicks and these kinds of pieces of technology. So much so that the entire business of education loves this kind of technology because it provides them the illusion of progression. And I'm using the word progress and progressive in their actual terms, which is government control over the people. So in the past, and I know that this has happened in numerous school districts across the United States and certainly the world, with past VR headsets, they would make their way into school districts and into particular schools either through some kind of a grant that someone would write, usually some tech person in the district, either a particular school teacher or a tech director or what have you, or these particular headset devices would be introduced by the company itself to a school district, so much so, in fact, and so frequently, and with such an enticing deal, that the district would pay for a certain amount of them, but then they would end up getting way more than what they paid for. That way, 
they could apply this particular piece of technology to as many people as possible. And then what do they do in the education business? They brag about it. They always brag about receiving some kind of new piece of technology like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And what they never understand is, is that they are always the ongoing experiment. That the students in the buildings that apply any kind of piece of technology, and the teachers, of course, don't have a choice. They're told to implement such, such technology, like the smart boards that made their way into American K-12 classrooms. Again, when smart boards made their way into classrooms, you were evaluated on how frequently you used the smart board. And if you didn't use it frequently, well, you were, you were poorly evaluated. Or an argument would ensue as to why the teacher had to use that particular piece of technology, etc., etc. But the point is, again, with these VR headsets and their implementation within, within school districts, it's always sold to school districts as being another way of learning. This is just another way for students to learn. It's another way for them to acquire information. And they'll sell it to them a thousand ways. One of the inroads that they make now in the education business is they'll sell it to students who are in special education classes. And they'll say, well, it's the latest and newest piece of technology, which is fantastic because everybody likes that, don't they? And they sell it to them on that wavelength, and then they sell it to your classroom will be quiet and everybody will be compliant because all of your special education students will have these VR headsets where they can work privately and on their own, but they can also collaborate and interconnect with one another and blah, blah, blah. This again is the transhumanist agenda. It's getting people away from having face-to-face -face conversations as human beings and turning them into mindless robots as they have a cancer-causing, carcinogenic, technological device wrapped around their entire face. And it's, again, sold to these school districts as being the latest, coolest thing. And then before you know it, it's on the front page of the local newspaper. Local school district, it's Apple headsets. Students love them. Teachers are raving about it. Blah, blah, blah. And again, the mindless idiots will, will drink it in. They'll absolutely drink it in. The teachers will view it as being a, you know, a, a, essentially a way to relate to their students with the new technology that this generation uses, quote unquote. And unfortunately, again, it's the most gullible educators that are w the ones that actually ride that same wave that the VR headset finds its way on before it crashes into the shore and then people just soak it up and start to apply it within their particular workplace. But people have to understand, again, that the education avenue and the entire education K-12 apparatus is designed to be this degenerate catch basin of technology and games and gimmicks and nonsense because they know, and by they I mean the individuals who of course create these useless piece of, pieces of technology, which are designed to control people, and they also know that if they find their way into a K-12 school district, students are going to hear about it and then pressure their parents to buy it for them. And then they'll say, well, they exist in our school and we use it in this classroom for this, so why can't we get one? And then we'll have one at our home and then I can use it for the same things and I'll do my schoolwork on it and blah, blah, blah. 
And then again, the gullible parents will, will say, yes, sure, we'll do that. We'll buy one of those. And then they've got a customer for life. This is all a giant scheme. None of this is an accident. This is all planned. It's all coordinated. They know exactly what they're doing. And only the mindless are the ones buying into this right now. So that brings me to this. There was a particular study, which I got right to the study here, that was highlighted on the Gateway Pundit. My apologies for the reference again. But again, it had to do with how the use of these kinds of technologies, these virtual headsets, are remarkably problematic and certainly changing the wavelengths and the brainwaves of the individuals who use them. Now, we don't need a study to prove this. We have our own eyeballs. We have our own brain. We have reality. We can see someone using one of these in public, look at them and mock them, them either you know, act like they don't care or they're ahead of the curve or whatever they may be, when in fact that's clearly not the case. They're just another useless eater who's falling for the latest thing. There's also, of course, this particular aspect, I have to bring this up, prion disease, nanotech technology, and the nanotech from the actual COVID shots. What do you think a VR headset constantly strapped to someone's face and brain and temples is going to actually do to someone who has received the COVID shots? Is this going to help things, or is this going to amplify the problem? I think we have a pretty good guess. Either way, here's the actual study itself. This is from vhil.stanford.edu, and vhil stands for Virtual Human Interaction Lab. Now, you know that the people associated with this lab in Stanford are arguably some of the weirdest humans on the face of the planet. But with that aside, and rather obvious, the title of the study is the following, quote, Seeing the World Through Digital Prisms, Psychological Implications of Pass-Through Video Usage in Mixed Reality. And unfortunately, it took 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 authors in order to create this particular study. This was published on February 2nd of 2024. Here's the abstract. Quote, Millions of people will soon be spending hours each day relying on cameras and screens to show them the surrounding world. Apple, Meta, and other companies are mass-producing headsets that block out light from the real world and instead rely on pass-through video as an enabling technology for mixed reality. Now already, you may recall Bill Gates' entire plan to block out the sun. And individuals have been told that Perhaps that involves some kind of a technology that flies in the sky and attempts to literally block out the sun, which, as we know, is impossible. You can, you can cloud seed, of course, and that blocks out the sun. But what if blocking out the sun means this? What if it means trying to make virtual headsets so ubiquitous and unavoidable that it quite literally blocks out the sun because you're wearing a, visu a visual headset? Just a thought. It continues. It says, the 11 authors on this paper each spent a number of hours wearing these headsets in public and in private, with the goal of documenting experiences in pass-through to then organize and review previous research that will help research scholars, industry leaders, 
and other organizations better understand psychological consequences over time. It says, first, we describe why pass-through, as they call it, will become an essential component of the media landscape. No, it won't. It then says, next, we summarize the technological specifications which make new pass-through headsets stand out from previous ones. See? They immediately know that the past ones don't work, and they're always trying to refine something that's remarkably satanic, because anything that takes you away from reality is satanic. Anything that takes you away from God's creation is exactly that. It's satanic. It says, but are still lower fidelity compared to human vision on parameters such as field of view, distortion, latency, and resolution. Next, we review relevant previous psychological research. We conclude that the pass-through experience can inspire awe and lends itself to many applications, but will also likely cause visual after-effects, lapses in judgment of distance, induce simulator sickness, and interfere with social connection. We recommend caution and restraint for companies lobbying for daily use of these headsets and urge scholars to rigorously and longitudinally study this phenomenon, unquote. Again, I've put the entire study in this particular website on Gab if you're interested in reading the entire thing yourself. I think the jury is in on this. The jury is in and the results are in. People don't like it. They made that determination back in the 90s. We didn't like it back then. Again, it's been tried with numerous video gaming platforms. It's been tried again as its own video gaming platform. People don't use them. They don't use them. More people make videos of people using them to only upload them on the internet to make fun of them. It's quite literally a tool that is a butt of a joke on a constant basis. But with all of that said, again, with all of the obvious statements aside here, it can't be lost on anybody that this is one of those tools, unfortunately, that's consistently being revised and trying to be perfected in order to be ubiquitous in all walks of life, specifically regarding childhood application. And even more specifically than that, childhood application within school settings. Again, the next thing you're going to see if it doesn't already exist is you'll start to hear individuals say that wearing one of these headsets is the cure for autism. And they'll say it's uh, autism isn't vaccine related. That's not aluminum in the brain. No, no, no. Uh, we don't know what autism is, but we do know that wearing one of these headsets makes them feel better. And it makes them interact in a way that they wouldn't normally, and in a more healthy way, and X, Y, Z. I'm sorry. I mean, the writing is on the wall here. You know, the, the entire playbook is already known. They're going to do whatever they have to do to normalize this insanity as much as possible, because again, it is a part of their larger transhumanist scheme to get people to be less human, to not converse to not talk about what's really going on, and to live in this illusion that ultimately is going to lead to their death. That's the point. 
So wanted to bring that to your attention. I know that the VR headset thing has been out for Apple for quite some time, but uh, I just wanted to spend some time on it here on the show because, again, history repeats itself with this one. And it's not even you know history repeating itself, as I've said before. It's evil people trying to perfect a weapon. That's what they're trying to do here. So don't participate. Don't even put it on. And make sure that when you're around people who are talking about it, that you're mocking them and you're laughing at them for being the fools that they are. And that even, again, bringing it up as being something that could be used in a positive way, sorry, just make fun of them to their face. Shaming individuals is, uh, is quite a tactic, and it works. It's right up there with fat shaming. It actually works. Before you know it, that person's going to be in the gym pumping iron in no time. But making fun of people who wear VR headsets, it continues to be an actual practice that exists in our society, and it's a sad state of affairs, but hey, somebody's got to do it, and let, let us be those people. What do you say? Okay, moving on. One more education jab-related story here to bring to your attention. This is from michigancapitalconfidential.com. It is titled, Wayne State University, the only college in Michigan to still require COVID vaccine. Wayne State University is one of only 68 in the nation. And if memory serves, Wayne State is where Dr. Robin McCutcheon acquired her PhD. Uh, Okay, it continues here. It says the following, that's according, of course, to the No College Mandates website, which I've brought up on the show, and it says Wayne State University, which also requires a flu shot, is the only university or college in Michigan to require the COVID shot to this day. The requirement does not apply to everybody in the WSU community. It says, quote, COVID-19 vaccines are no longer required for faculty, staff, and students, except for those living in university housing and students and faculty involved in clinical programs. So in essence, if you want to live in one of their dormitories or prison cells, as I like to call them, then you have to be jabbed, you know, just like a prisoner, along with, of course, a flu shot. And if you're, ironically enough, in any of the clinical studies, like nursing or medicine or something of that nature, then, well, you also have to be jabbed too. The irony. (laughs) I mean, the absolute irony. These people apparently have no idea that the shots are killing everybody who takes them. Weird. It says that students may apply for a medical or religious exemption. To find the COVID exemption request form, students must look at the university webpage labeled Moving into Campus Housing. The exemption form requires a statement from a doctor that the student cannot tolerate the COVID 19 vaccine. Again, jokes on them, the shedding alone will make them ill, even if they aren't jabbed. If they're still living in a dormitory with jabbed individuals, they're still going to get sick. It says, quote, the above-named individual from Wayne State University is under my care. I have reviewed the COVID-19 vaccine recommendations from the Centers for Disease Control and request the following medical exemption based on true medical contradiction as outlined by the CDC. That's an example of what they say a doctor can say in an exemption, apparently. It says the doctor must affirm that the student has already had a reaction to a COVID-19 vaccine or is allergic to one of its ingredients. Well, we're all allergic to all of the ingredients. 
because none of them belong in our body. It says students may apply for a temporary rather than a permanent exemption. Why would you want a temporary one? Are you going to change your mind somewhere along the way? It says Wayne State also says that students who do not have the vaccination may be subject to public health protocols, which means they could be separated from the rest of campus. Aw, too bad. And it's not <laughs> like that's a bad thing. And it's not clear how often the university has granted religious exemptions as it did not respond to an email seeking comment. Of course they wouldn't comment on that because they're denying people's exemptions regardless of their status. It says that Capcom recorded, or reported rather, in March of 2023 that the University of Michigan announced it would require vaccinations for students living on campus in the fall and that U of M later dropped the requirement before the fall term began. Now, why would the University of Michigan drop such a requirement? Because nobody was showing up. That's why. No one was coming. And the people who were there who were already jabbed were already sick, and many of them are dead. That's why. That's why they slowly backed off of this and backed away. Why is our campus so empty? Jeez, I, I, I can't figure it out. We have a pretty good idea as to why. Okay. Now there's this. Jab stuff. First of all, I have two stories here before I get into some uh, later jab revelations, so to speak. A couple of societal things. This first one, rather interesting, I think, and certainly seems to prove my past points regarding old Robert Malone. I want to read this substack in its entirety. It's not long but remarkably informative, and I think continues to highlight the nefarious nature behind the so-called Dr. Robert Malone. This is from charleswright1.substack.com, whose, whose uh, substack page is called C's Newsletter. This is from February 12th, and it is titled, Jeff Hansen's Finance of the Malone's Medical Freedom World Tour. Subtitle, American Healthcare REIT Part 1. So here we go. Again, it's not long. Give this a listen. They even embed particular videos sort of proving their point. And uh, this is interesting. As you've heard me say before, before I get into this article, if an individual who is associated with three-letter agencies in government finds themselves on the stage controlling some kind of a narrative. That's not an accident. They are placed there on purpose with a mission, and you can rest assured that a great deal of money is always involved. Well, this seems to prove it. So here we go. It says the following, quote, free agent, quote unquote. The payment was so large that Malone was embarrassed to say the amount. It enabled the silver-tongued devil to travel the world and spread what he hypocritically describes as medical freedom, quote-unquote, message, or a medical freedom message. All the while, hospitals around the world were systematically killing COVID, quote-unquote, patients and falsifying the cause of death. How can there be medical freedom if hospitals are allowed to commit murder? According to, Mal to the Malones, he and his wife, they put in over 400,000 miles of travel on commercial airlines in 2022, not counting private jets. Robert Malone said on Twitter that he took ivermectin and hiked in monetary on August 9th of 2021 
so that's the time period when he received the money. The Malones never said a word about the hospital's holocaust. Let's use another term. Either way, it continues. It says, how can there be medical freedom when hospitals kill people and lie about the cause of death? Malone and his wife talked about vaccine mandates and the transgender agenda. The man who paid Malone the large sum of money was Jeff Hansen, co-founder of American Healthcare REIT. From Hansen's LinkedIn page, it says the following, quote, Hansen founded AHI, a leading sponsor of public health care, REITs, that currently manages an international portfolio valued at $4 billion, positioning the firm as the largest privately held healthcare real estate investment global firm globally. Rather, It says Hansen serves as the chairman and CEO of each of the company-sponsored REITs, Currently, Griffin American Healthcare, REIT, the third and fourth, valued at $3 billion and $1 billion, respectively. And their prior REIT, which was sold in 2014 to Northstar, now Colony Capital. New York Stock Exchange title is CLNY. In a, trans- in a transaction valued at $4 billion. Over the past five years, AHI and its affiliates have raised $4.4 billion in equity and have acquired $6.5 billion in healthcare real estate internationally for its sponsored REITs. Hansen's portfolios comprised of hospitals, senior housing, and other healthcare facilities. As far as senior housing news, it says the following here. American Healthcare REIT's $4.6 billion portfolio is made up of about 300 senior housing and care, hospital and healthcare buildings in 36 states and overseas in the UK. About a third of the company's senior housing and care portfolio lies with Trilogy Health Services, one of the nation's largest senior living and skilled nursing providers. This means that Robert Malone has a serious financial conflict of interest of reporting medical truth about the methods used to kill hospitalized COVID patients and the elderly in senior housing. It says, although the hospital's holocaust, quote-unquote, is being reported by a few journalists, largely forgotten in all of this madness is how many people were killed by protocol in senior housing facilities. USA Today found a large variance in a study of death rates in nursing homes in a particular, I'm sorry, in an article published March 10th of 2022, where USA Today said the following, quote, COVID-19 marched into almost every nursing home in America during last winter's surge when 71,000 residents died, the most of any wave of the pandemic. Still, still at nearly one-third of the nursing homes reported outbreaks, no one died. They then continued and said, I have no study of the death rates at Hansen's properties. According to Malone, Michael Callahan, his colleague on multiple manufactured pandemics, included, including, but perhaps not limited to, Ebola and Zika, was quote-unquote on point in developing the protocols used in elder care facilities. And they have a video of Robert Malone talking about that. Uh, it goes on here, it says, Michael Callahan reported to Robert Cal, uh, Cadlick, if I'm saying that right, At the Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response, ASPR, 
the ASPR's COVID-19 Treatments Information for Long-Term Care Facilities webpage states that remdesivir or Paxlovid, quote, must be started early even if symptoms are mild, unquote. There is no way that pursuing such a strategy on the elderly would not result in high death rates, creating a large potential financial liability for Jeff Hansen. It says Robert Malone has consistently advocated to vax the elderly based on the false premise that the risk of adverse events and death from the vaccines is less than the risk from the virus, quote-unquote, which has never been isolated and sequenced. According to Malone, the elderly were dying at such a high rate from COVID, quote-unquote, that they should take the vaccine. Now, yeah, Malone did say that back in the day. He certainly did. Certainly in 2021, he was advocating for the elderly to still take it, but he was saying it's not necessary, uh, you know, not necessary for the young. Interesting. Certainly interesting regarding his connections here. There's another video here where it says, This video from the Ripple Effect podcast, number 338, is dated July 12th of 2021, about a month before Malone received his payment from Hansen. I have to tell you, again, not to bring this back to me, but that's interesting timing. July 12th was approximately one month before I made my comments at that school board meeting and brought up Malone. Now, in retrospect, I shouldn't have brought him up, but I brought him up because I do know that he was involved in this in some way. I didn't know how nefarious he was involved at the time, but I, I of course, learned very quickly as soon as I made those comments. But either way, it was around that exact same time when Malone received this large, this large payment from from Hansen himself, apparently. And then it says, of course, here, uh, quote-unquote, hashtag boomer disease. It says, Robert Malone is more than intelligent enough to challenge the underlying data on COVID death rates of the elderly. How many of the elderly died in senior care facilities? How many of them were given remdesivir? How many were given Paxlovid? How many died in the first two weeks after vaccination, a period when deaths were counted as unvaccinated, quote-unquote. It says, P.S. Many thanks to Vilma Vilma's substack who researched, whose research, rather, was the starting point for this article. Part two will be Jeff Hansen's finance of the FLCCC. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is this where... Uh... Is this where old Dr. McCullough gets roped into this? Certainly sounds like it. You know, the Pierre Corys of the world and potentially the Ryan Coles of the world? How much money are these boys receiving, too? More questions. More questions. This right here again. This is why you have to maintain the fairy tale. This is why you have to maintain the fairy tale of virology. If you can maintain that fairy tale, then you can swoop in with your own solution. And of course, you can maintain the lie of needing particular kinds of injections or particular kinds of medications in these nursing home facilities where the elderly are, of course, all around one another on a constant basis, shedding on one another, having adverse side effects as a result of the things that they've taken. And then you can, of course, tell them that, well, it must be a new variant or there must be a new virus that's out there. Again, you've heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again. If you want to watch Robert Malone and Dr. McCullough quiver 
and just recoil like no one's business, like they're listening to something that they just can't stand the sound of, like nails on a chalkboard. And all you have to do is bring up two subjects around these guys. Bring up, number one, that this was done on purpose by our own government, specifically the Department of Defense. And you will watch Robert Malone's head go right back into his shell, faster than you can imagine. That's the first thing. The second thing, of course, has to do with the lie of virology and the lie of variance. You bring that up around Dr. McCullough, the same thing happens. His head goes right back into his shell. He doesn't want to talk about it because he thinks the variants are real. Because he, of course, has a medical license he wants to maintain, and he wants to maintain the grift that he has going on too. The answer is always so much more simple than the plethora of lies that they sell people. Beyond disgusting. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Again, I'm going to subscribe for free to charleswright1.substack.com, and I will bring you part two regarding Jeff Hansen, and who knows, maybe again, FLCCC, as they stated, will, will be brought up in it, and maybe uh, even Dr. McCullough's name more specifically. Time will tell. Now, speaking of nursing homes, and I'm glad that I can work this in now, because again, I was going to sort of make a standalone episode on this, but I'm glad I can bring this up now. This is interesting, too, and remarkably nefarious. Maybe you've heard of this. A listener of the show who was also an anonymous guest in the past brought this to my attention and sent this my way. This is called, at least it's claiming, it's called a particular company called Truehold. T-R-U-E-H-O-L-D. There's no way this is legit, and this has BlackRock written all over it. So give a listen to this article because, again, this is all about this particular company called Truehold, and it is connected to all of this jab-related stuff, I'm certain. Certainly the elderly. This is from PRNewsWire.com, and it is titled, Truehold Launches Innovative Real Estate and Home Services Solution, Helping Cleveland Area Seniors to Live at Home Longer. This, of course, out of Cleveland, Ohio your old 15-minute city, or wannabe 15-minute city. Again, this is from February 8th, and it says the following. Imagine being able to stay in your home and into retirement without the responsibility of home maintenance, property taxes, or even paying your mortgage. That's what Truehold, a new company, is offering Cleveland area residents. Ladies and gentlemen, if something sounds too good to be true, chances are it is. And this just sounds evil. But don't worry, there's some sure gullible people who will drink this in. It goes on, it says, quote, A new survey shows that 92% of older adults want to remain in their homes for the long term. 50% said that the pandemic made these sentiments stronger. Yet many people have difficulty managing home upkeep as they age. Many struggle to cover their rising medical expenses, especially on a fixed income. Truehold was created to address these problems by unlocking the financial resources that empower seniors to age in place. Truehold's sale leaseback program uniquely enables homeowners to sell their home at its full value and receive their home equity in debt-free cash. 
<laughs> Please. Please. As again, the person... <laughs> and this is hilarious. The person who sent this to me again, they were basically like, this is like Tom Selleck selling you reverse mortgages on your television. It's that ridiculous. If I mean, this is worse. This is worse than that, and that's terrible alone. It says, this model provides individuals the opportunity to continue to enjoy all the things they love about their home and community without these traditional hassles of home ownership. You know, the hassles of owning your own thing. You'll own nothing and be happy. It says, quote, we started Truehold, who's we? I want to know that. Who's we? Who's they? We started Truehold, it says, after watching loved ones face difficult decisions about where to live and how to afford care. Some moved to assisted living only to suffer health declines due to the jarring change, said Brian Hardecker, founder and CEO of Truehold. Quote, others stayed in their homes but encountered surprise hardships that made it challenging for them to truly enjoy their retirement. There needed to be a better option for those who want to stay in their home, so we created one, unquote. I bet you did. It says, while sale leasebacks are relatively new to residential real estate, large companies looking to improve liquidity and reduce debt have used them for years with their commercial real estate. Sale leasebacks can have many benefits for individuals, including freedom from the burdens of home upkeep, protection from housing market declines, and unlocking wealth to pay off debts, diversifying into income-generating assets, cover new health expenses, or just make the most of their retirement. Truehold is passionate about bringing an honest, human, and helpful approach to an antiquated, sometimes predatory industry. And Hardecker says the team is excited about being in Cleveland. Yes, I'm sure you are. Taking advantage of whom exactly in Cleveland? Is it the elderly white population, or is it the black population, or is it both? He said, quote, Clevelanders have such pride in their city and such deep roots in their communities. We want to honor that by helping them stay in their homes for as long as they want, he states. He says, quote, we're committed to responsibly serving seniors and always putting their interests first. We try to only suggest solutions that help improve their well-being, whether that be with us or someone else, Hardecker said. And then it says, about Truehold at the bottom here, Truehold is a real estate and home service company is providing a new choice for older adults who desire to maintain their independence as they age. A well-capitalized American company. Oh, you're capitalized, all right. Who's backing you? BlackRock, maybe? It says, Truehold has brought together industry-leading experts, BlackRock, to empower people to live longer at home with their innovative aging-in-place option. Learn more at truehold.com. My God. Now, I'm not a brain surgeon, but I would say something like this. I bet it says in the fine print, we will take over your property taxes. We will take over your home maintenance. We will take care of any repairs that have to be done to your home. We will take care of all of that over at Truehold. 
All you have to do is sign over the deed and the title of your house over to us. And oh, by the way, if one of you dies, say for example, it's a couple, a retired couple living in a home, if one of you dies, well, if we get tired of the upkeep for just one individual instead of both of you, then we're going to sell your house. And we're going to kick you out of it because keep in mind, you signed it over to us and now we own your ass. And we own everything that you own. And no, we're not going to hand this down to some future generation or a child that you might have. That's not going to happen. What's going to happen is, is we're just flat out going to take it. And then we'll put your ass in a home and then we'll pay for the cost of you living in a home because that will be cheaper than the money that we will make on the cost of your upkeep for your house and maintaining your property, and of course, we will also own the property. So again, this is exactly what will happen. When their health declines, they're not going to pay for a nurse to come in and take care of the people living on Trueholds' now acquired property. It's not the property anymore and the actual home of the couple who is retired and living there anymore. Not when somebody gets sick or somebody gets dementia or somebody gets Alzheimer's. No, no, no. BlackRock will be the one who makes all of the decisions. I guarantee it. Again, there are endless suckers, I'm sure, who are buying into this. What a nightmare. What an absolute nightmare. You talk about property acquisition under the guise of, of health and wanting to enjoy your retirement. No way. Absolutely no way. Okay, hot off the presses here regarding more jab side effects. Not sure why we need them. I think we pretty much have this figured out, don't we? But this is from February 4th. This was published in Open Access in the Journal of Therapeutic Advances in Vaccines and Immunotherapy. The study is titled Adjuvants in COVID-19 Vaccines. Innocent Bystanders or Culpable Abitors for Stirring Up COVID Heart Syndrome. No kidding. Here's the abstract. COVID-19 infection is a multi-system clinical disorder that was associated with increased morbidity and mortality. Well, that's not true. It was just poison in a shot, but we'll continue. It says, even though antiviral therapies such as remdesivir offered modest efficacy in reducing the mortality and morbidity, no, they didn't, they just killed people, they were not eff efficacious, no kidding, in reducing the risk for future infection. So, FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccines, which are widely administered in the general population worldwide. These COVID-19 vaccines offered a safety net against future infections and reinfections. Not true. It says most of these vaccines contained inactivated virus or spike protein mRNA that are primarily responsible for inducing innate and adaptive immunity. Also not true. These vaccines were also formulated to contain supplementary adjuvants that are beneficial in boosting the immune response. Also not true. During the pandemic, you see where this article is going. During the pandemic, clinicians all over the world witnessed an uprise in the incidence and prevalence of cardiovascular disease, or as they call it, COVID heart syndrome. That's right. It's not shot related. It's just called COVID heart syndrome in patients and without cardiovascular risk factors. 
Clinical researchers were not certain about the underlying reason for the upsurge of cardiovascular disorders, with some blaming them on the COVID-19 infections while others blaming them on the COVID-19 vaccines. Based on the literature review, we hypothesize that adjuvants included in the COVID-19 vaccines are the real culprit for the causation of cardiovascular disorders. No shit. It's as operation of various pathological signaling events under the influence of these adjuvants, including autoimmunity, that's AIDS, bystander effect, direct toxicity, antiphospholipid syndrome or APS, anaphylaxis, hypersensitivity, genetic susceptibility, epitome spreading, and anti-idiotypic antibodies were partially responsible for stirring up the onset of cardiovascular disorders. With these mechanisms in place, a minor contribution from COVID-19 virus itself cannot be ruled out. Oh, give me a break. There is no virus. It's just the poison in the shots. And it's not just some of the poison in the shots, it's all of the poison in the shots. It says, with that being said, we strongly advocate for careful selection of vaccine adjuvants included in COVID-19 vaccines so that future adverse cardiac disorders can be averted, unquote. I have a better solution. Don't take any vaccination ever again, and you'll be just fine. Rule them out of your life permanently, whether you took the COVID jabs or not. Again, every additive or adjuvant, as they state, is poison in all shots. Polysorbate 80, formaldehyde, aluminum, the list is endless. Nanotech. Again, I've played the name games on here before, and you know the entire name game landscape. Endless people are saying, well, it's spike proteins, and that's what the body normally makes. And then other people over here are going, no, there's no such thing as the spike proteins in the shots. There's just the nanotechnology. There's the microscopic wiring and metal that exists in these shots that is really the mRNA, as people would say. Then you have people over here saying there is no mRNA in the shots. It's just a bunch of other stuff. Who cares? The point is, is no one can make up their mind. No one's on the same page. I'm on the page of poison. I'm on team poison. <laughs> as, as stupid as that sounds, I'm on team poison. It's just poison. I don't care what names people call it. I don't even care what it does. I know what poison does. Again, Occam's razor. The answer lies in the explanation that requires the least amount of assumptions. We don't have to assume what's in it or what isn't. We just know poison is in it. And whatever poison that is, because it's poison, doesn't belong in our bodies. But again, how many more of these articles can possibly be published? It's astounding to me. It blows me away. Okay, I'm going to end on this one, though. This is a good thing, I believe. This comes to us from Kim Carter. Friend of mine, friend of the show. And uh, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm going to read this particular research article first, and then I'll get into the website. And she's, uh, she's big on this right now. She again thinks this is 
a potential antidote to the actual jabs. Now I want to revisit something very quickly. Do you remember the infamous task force meeting in the White House press room with Donald Trump and Deborah Burks? Where Deborah Burks was sitting up against the wall in the seat on the right hand side of the lectern, and Donald Trump is up there and he looks at her and he asks her about ultraviolet light inside of the bloodstream and that healing the blood, and how he immediately brought that up. And the look on her face was one of complete amazement and shock and disgust, all wrapped into one, as if to say, Why would he bring that up? He doesn't know what he's talking about. But also in the back of her mind going, oh God, that's the cure to all of this. We don't want to tell people that. Shut up, shut up. Well, as it turns out, the ultraviolet light thing is very real and has been. I've brought it up on the show before, but this is not only an older article, but the actual company is real and the hardware is real and it can be acquired. Now, I've asked Kim who can acquire it, how can it be acquired, and a bunch of other questions, and she's trying to find the answers to that, but she's very interested in this, and, and again, in particular, in her line of work with home health care, because if she has the ability to administer this by direction, and of course, do it appropriately to maybe help her patients, well, then she's going to give it a try. And if she introduces this to her patients, and this is something that they're interested in trying, well, in this country, we have right to try, which is an actual law, which means why not? So this comes from the National Library of Medicine, PubMed Central, and this was back on October of 2021, and it is titled, Reproposing Methylene Blue in the Management of COVID-19. Mechanistic Aspects and Clinical Investigations. There's one, two, three, four, five, six authors to this. Here's the abstract. Quote, The Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, or SARS-CoV-2, is the most recent coronavirus which has infected humans and caused the disease COVID-19. None of that's really true, but let's move on anyway. The World Health Organization has declared COVID-19 as a pandemic in March of 2020. That also not true. The SARS-CoV-2 enters human hosts majority, or majorly, sorry, via the respiratory tract. Well, I don't think so. Affecting the lungs first. In few central cases, or critical cases rather, the infection progresses to failure of the respiratory system known as acute respiratory distress syndrome. Acute respiratory distress syndrome may be further associated with multi-organ failure and vasoplegic shock. I'm going to stop it there real quick. If you've listened to this show, you know what that entire first section of that abstract basically just stated. It's snake venom, and it's not attacking the respiratory system. It's attacking the central nervous system. That's what this is, and it's not, again, via something floating around in the air that people are breathing in. This is from either shedding, this is from either 5G, or this is from, again, either poisonous water, or people actually took, again, the flu shots in 2018, 2019, and then the COVID shots after that. 
This is about an attack on the central nervous system. This has nothing to do with the respiratory system. Because again, the central nervous system controls the respiratory system. It says currently the treatment for COVID-19 involves use of antiviral and anti-cytokine drugs. However, both the drugs have low effic- both the drugs have low efficacy because they cannot inhibit the production of free radicals and cytokines at the same time. It's not entirely true. Uh, again, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are anti-inflammatory, anti-anti-parasitic drugs, and that's what snake venom is. Synthesized snake venom, and snake venom in its pure form, is a parasite. It's a chemical that again attacks the central nervous system. So if a drug takes the chemical out of your central nervous system or your bloodstream, well, then that's a good thing. So it clearly worked. The question is, is will this new therapy work better? Uh, it continues, it says, recently, some researchers have reported that the use of methylene blue, or MB, in COVID-19 management. It says MB has been used since a long time as a therapeutic agent and has been approved by the U.S. FDA for the treatment of other diseases. The additional advantage of MB is its low cost. MB is a safe drug when used in the dose of less than 2 milligrams per kilogram. In this review, the applicability of MB in COVID-19 and its mechanistic aspects have been explored and compiled. The clinical studies have been explained in great detail. Thus, the potential of MB in the management of COVID-19 has been examined. Now, I'm scrolling down here to the conclusion and future perspectives. Essentially, what they state is, is that this can be administered a number of different ways to a person. You can, again, hook them up via an IV. Um, it can be administered, again, through, directly through the bloodstream. There's a, there's a few side effects associated with it also, but those are, those are temporary, like the bluing of your urine. Your urine color can change, the color of your tongue can change, but basically what it involves is is your body getting rid of toxins and numerous toxins. What it also states is that this clearly attempts to clear up and seems to do so when it comes to your brain and increasing brain function. It does state again that there's a risk when it comes to individuals who have kidney problems and underlying kidney problems. But either way, that particular study, again, was back on October of 2021. Now there's this website, which is AMA, or the amaregenmed.com, which is Regenerative Medicine and Skin Care. I will link this website in the description below. You can clearly contact these people. There's a variety of articles associated with its use. It says IV methylene blue plus photodynamic therapy. Methylene blue works wonders on CV19, long COVID, Epstein-Barr, and Lyme disease patients. It says it has a long history of use in medicine. In 1870, it was discovered that MB was an excellent method of staining bacteria and human tissue for microscopic analysis. Soon after, It was discovered that MB could render some bacteria inactive while at the same time not causing the host any tissue or cellular damage. 
1891, it was used to treat malaria and to this day is thought to be a preferable choice for treatment over antibiotics. It says methylene blue quickly expanded to be used in regenerative treatments, most notably for its effects on mitochondria and electron transport chain. It is now understood that MB enhances mitochondrial respiration and may represent a metabolic medicine panacea. It says by supporting the body's natural energy generation, methylene blue stimulates the body to heal itself without the need for pharmaceuticals. Again, very specifically here, Kim Carter referred to this as the silver bullet. Again, on this website, it goes into how it destroys malignant cells, cancer cells, uh, donates electrons to mitochondrial ETC, increasing ATP production and tissue repair. It, it very well could be the answer. The question again is, how do you acquire this? How does an individual get trained to use this? Can any nurse use this? Is this something that has to be prescribed? Uh, you know, a lot of questions with this, but again, why not? Why not? If you know somebody who is, again, suffering from the COVID jabs and the ill effects of the COVID jabs, I would look into this website if I was you. And I would give this a serious read and I would dive into this and see how you can acquire this and then again introduce this to hopefully a doctor who's wide awake who understands what's actually going on and then uh, inquire a little bit more. They have two locations here specifically regarding the AMA or Regen Regenerative Medicine and Skin Care, which is based out of Santa Ana, California, and Los Angeles, California. But again, they have a phone number, a website, the whole thing. So their contact information is on their website. Again, they have two phone numbers, one for LA and the other one for their other uh, Orange County location, if I'm not mistaken. And I will link this website in the description below. I highly recommend giving this a look. I will also put it on the medical documents tab of my website, AmericanEducationFM.com, if you're interested in checking it out there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, good news here. Again, it seems like this might work. It, it, certainly, it certainly can't harm people. It doesn't seem to be something that is going to harm individuals, but who knows? We need to start hearing from more individuals who have actually tried this, specifically regarding the COVID shots and maybe even cancer patients, and, uh, and see what the results are. In fact, one more thing real quick. Kim just sent me this, ironically enough. The timing couldn't be more perfect. She just sent me this. This is a website which I will also link in the description below where apparently you can purchase this on your own. Methylene Blue's Sur uh, Surprising Health Benefits, The Blue Zone. The, the website is miracleproducts.shop. And uh, it has Methylene Blue Health Shield available and what that entails. Again, from the looks of it here, it looks like it's a liquid that is uh, in a dropper form. But you'll have to read all of the directions here associated with it, but you can purchase this directly from them without a prescription. It's all right here. So again, make sure you read everything that's on this website about the actual product. Take a look at it. You know, make a call. And frankly, at this point, I'd say, why not? Why not? Just make sure you're following the directions. And again, you read everything that's on this website before you actually purchase it and then make the call yourself. 
So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I'll put that in the description below, and I'll also put it on my website, AmericanEducationFM.com, under the Medical Documents tab. So there you go. Thanks for listening again, and I'll catch you on Friday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.